Providing for your family is a top priority. But what happens when you need affordable health care? Christian Healthcare Ministries could save you up to 40% today. As a member, you can choose your provider without network restrictions. Sign up at your convenience with our anytime enrollment. Join a Christian community that supports each other's medical expenses, offering peace of mind as you prioritize what's most important. Enroll now at yourchm.org. I'm Maria Bartiromo. I'm Greg Gutfeld. I'm Tammy Bruce. And this is the Fox News Rundown. Wednesday, December 13th, 2023. I'm Eben Brown. Israel's defense forces are fully engaged again in fighting Hamas terrorists in Gaza despite a U.N. resolution calling for a ceasefire, something to which Israel refuses. It's pretty much a, a gauge of international opinion, but it doesn't have any teeth. And Israel will continue to do what it feels is necessary, and they view this as an existential threat. This is the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Israel continues its war in Gaza and its government says it is closer than ever to eliminating Hamas as a dominant factor in ruling the Gaza Strip or conducting terrorist attacks. There are even reports now that Israel's defense forces are filling the infamous tunnels built by Hamas with seawater to render them useless. But while most attention is paid to Gaza, more than 30,000 Israelis living in the north of the country remain evacuated as another terror syndicate, Hezbollah, based in very nearby Lebanon, fires rockets from yards away. We're seeing fire being exchanged between Israel and Hezbollah every single day, just constant artillery, uh, rockets going both ways. We've seen rockets be intercepted pretty close to where we are in evacuated villages. You mentioned that people have left their homes because this is such a significant threat. Fox's Nate Foy joins us from northern Israel. And Hezbollah operates just right up against the border. So they launch anti-tank missiles. Last night they hit two homes and they've continued firing anti-tank missiles into northern Israel. And this obviously poses a, a very serious threat to the people here. So they've all moved out and the Israeli forces, the IDF officials, have said that people will not return to the north until the security situation is far different than it was on October 7th. So what that means, and I think this speaks to how you were characterizing the coverage of the war, that right now the focus is in Gaza, and rightfully so, because Israel is, is focused first and foremost on eliminating Hamas after October 7th. But after that happens, the focus will at some point shift to the north, because Israel admittedly failed on October 7th, and they can't let the same thing happen in the north that, they ha that happened in the south. So... That means that Israel can't allow Hezbollah to operate right up against its border, which it does right now. There's a UN resolution from the end of the Second Lebanon War that states that Hezbollah can't operate south of the Latani River, which, depending on where you are, is about 10 or 12 miles off the border. And, I mean, 
Hezbollah doesn't recognize that at all. And in the past few days, Hezbollah is launching rockets from right next to UN positions in southern Lebanon. So um, there are, there's a lot of people here on the ground who talk about that. The Israeli military hasn't said that they're going to push them behind the Latani River, but that's something that a lot of people who live in northern Israel want to happen. And what the IDF has said is that the situation will be far different than it currently is when people finally come back. This scenario where the U.N. has tried to make a line of demarcation uh, and the uh, jihadist group in question, in this case Hezbollah, is not following that or not adhering to it, that seems to be an ongoing theme in, in much of these uh, these conflicts that Israel is embroiled in, and certainly something that I think is in the top of mind, not just to policymakers, but the people who live in these affected areas, uh, who are now displaced because of this. Um, is there a feeling that uh, uh, there's just been a general failure, not even necessarily among uh, the Israeli uh, defense capabilities, but also the international community here, as if there were supposed to be some kind of expectation that terrorists would, would agree to, uh, to, to, to stay back far enough? Well, there's certainly no shortage of frustration with the UN specifically, uh, you know, here on the northern border, with some feelings that the UN provides some cover in, in some instances for Hezbollah, because with these launches coming right next to UN facilities, it makes it really difficult for Israel to respond without sparking international outrage. And speaking of that outrage, to your point, uh, we're seeing it on full display in the past few days, just yesterday, the UN General Assembly uh, passed a resolution calling for an immediate ceasefire, and the United States continues to be Israel's most important ally and, you know, stood with Israel not only for the UN General Assembly meeting yesterday, but the UN Security Council, the U.S., vetoed a resolution calling for the same exact thing last Friday. But even with those actions, we're also starting to see some perceived frustration from U.S. leadership, including President Biden, who has said that the, or the, the support for Israel is, is starting to wane with the amount of civilians that are being killed uh, in Gaza, which right now it's, it's difficult to know exactly how many. It's certainly thousands. The health ministry in Gaza, which is run by Hamas and doesn't differentiate between terrorists and civilians, says that it's over 18,400 people that have been killed in Gaza since the start of the right. war. And, and what we have heard from, from U.S. leadership is that that number or, or whatever the real number is, uh, it's certainly too high. Biden even said, speaking to donors, that Netanyahu will have to change his government. But what we're hearing from Israeli leadership and people on the ground is that they will not be stopped in their pursuit of eliminating Hamas. Netanyahu has said as much, even without international support, this war will continue. And I think, you know, it's, it speaks to the U.N. resolution. It's, it's pretty much a, a statement of, of a, a gauge of international opinion, but it doesn't have any teeth. And, and Israel will continue to do what it feels is necessary. And they view this as an existential threat. So the leaders of Hamas have, have said that they will do what they did on October 7th again and again and again. And the argument against the ceasefire is that you allow Hamas to continue existing 
to do exactly what they have said they will do, and that's murder the Jewish people in Israel. So obviously that's something that Israel can't accept. And right now it, it's just a, a, a sort of balancing act of achieving their military goals of eliminating Hamas while reducing the civilian casualties that are causing so much um, outrage internationally and is causing the United States now to start speaking a bit more poorly about Israel. We're speaking with Fox News correspondent Nate Foy, who is in the north of Israel, where rocket fire from Hezbollah continues as Israel fights still with Hamas in Gaza. On the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition, we'll have more straight ahead. Israel has often taken the attitude... uh, Uh, or its leadership has always taken the attitude that we'll defend ourselves no matter what the international community is going to say about us. There was a very famous quote from the uh, uh, former uh, uh, prime minister of of years past, uh, Menachem Begin, I am not a Jew with trembling knees. Uh, Coincidentally, he said that to a then-Senator Joe Biden. Uh, but uh, and and that uh, that effort continues. I think now in Gaza, there have been reports that the Israeli Defense Force has begun a new tactic with regard to uh, quite literally flushing out the uh, the storied uh, terror tunnels that Hamas uh, has operated from. And what can you tell us about this? So the Wall Street Journal is reporting that Israel is pumping seawater into Hamas tunnels, and we're trying to independently verify that, and and we haven't gotten a response yet. Um, However, what I can tell you is that Egypt has actually done this twice with smuggling tunnels, and this isn't something that, but you know, you hear about seawater getting pumped into tunnels, and you think that anyone in the tunnels will immediately be drowned. It's It's a process that is designed to force people to the surface. And it takes a significant amount of time. I believe it takes weeks. So it's designed to bring people up, and that would include not only Hamas terrorists, but also possibly Israeli hostages who remain in Gaza, of which there's over 130. Today, we just learned about another hostage who was killed uh, actually on October 7th, and then his body was taken into Gaza. Um, and this was just after yesterday where we learned of a similar situation where a person was killed on October 7th and brought into Gaza. And then a 28-year-old woman who, according to the accounts of recently released hostages, was alive somewhat recently. She just died. So uh, there's a lot of pressure on Israel to get the hostages home. And the the flooding of the tunnels, if, if this report from the Wall Street Journal is in fact correct, uh, is not something that would instantly drown anybody in the tunnels. I just want to make that clear. Uh, right. But but it would be designed to, to bring people to the surface so that it would take away the advantage that Hamas has of, you know, for whatever extent of its tunnel infrastructure that remains in place, being able to move and launch attacks from various locations in the Gaza Strip. And as you've mentioned, this is not a new tactic. This is something that Egypt themselves had to use some years ago because Hamas had built uh, tunnels uh, uh, into Egypt uh, from Gaza to allow for smuggling, very specifically weapons smuggling. And Egypt is uh, committed in, in one way or another through its peace agreement with Israel uh, to uh, to prohibit that smuggling, to try to interdict it. So. Uh, what talk more about the the flooding you said it's a very slow moving type of flooding 
uh, flooding um, and that it's designed to root people out. Uh, but it does make these tunnels long-term unusable, which I think is Israel's goal here. Yeah, of course. Uh, Israel is is focused on eliminating Hamas, and that largely means not only eliminating the terrorists themselves, but in order to get to them, you need to eliminate the infrastructure. So pumping seawater into the tunnels is just one of the many tactics that we're seeing on display by the IDF. And these fights are happening below ground, on ground, and from you know Israeli fighter jets conducting airstrikes as well. So uh, on a daily basis, there are numerous Hamas infrastructure targets that are hit, tunnel shafts that are found often in civilian areas, in classrooms that lead to local mosques, and the soldiers on the ground are supported by the fighter jets, and they work together to destroy Hamas's infrastructure that remains in the Gaza Strip. And, you know, if you listen to just what Israeli officials are saying for the past few days, the message has been that they're very close to essentially eliminating Hamas in sort of these northern areas of Gaza. And they're certainly making a lot of progress, but today is actually the deadliest day for Israeli forces. They lost 10 soldiers, nine of which in an ambush in northern Gaza, which goes to show that this fight is... I don't know exactly how far away from being over, but it, it, it's not as um, close to being finished as perhaps some of the rhetoric coming out of the Israeli government has been for the past couple of days. Most Americans, I think, know that Israel is a very physically small country, but uh, most Americans have never visited Israel, and most Americans have never lived near an interna international border. Some do, and certainly uh, the, the border problems here in the U.S. have, have been uh, top of mind. But you're you're there in the north and as you mentioned earlier that the the lebanon border and the hideouts of hezbollah are very close to where you are and people have been living there for a long time talk talk about being that close and and how that that molds perspective because i think a lot of americans don't quite grasp that i toured a kibbutz that was evacuated and as we walked around Many, many homes had been hit by anti-tank missiles, and some of the IDF soldiers lived in that kibbutz, and they were telling us about some of the injuries and, you know, this specific attack and the, the damage that we saw from it happened after many residents had already evacuated. So it, it was, I believe, the day before the, the temporary ceasefire. So this is a couple weeks ago at this point, but... Um, these homes just get fired upon, and, and we were, say, about 100 yards off the border, and it, it's right along, at least where we are, right along this mountain range. So there's this, this mountainous community in Israel, and you're just overlooking this valley in southern Lebanon, and what the Hezbollah terrorists do is they just run right up to the border, and they fire anti-tank missiles into these residential areas and um, yeah it's it's as an American and not being used to that it's surreal um, unfortunately yeah. for Israel and, and the people who live here it, it's it's become somewhat normal obviously since October 7th it's it's 
just gone to a, a different level. But but war is something that is familiar to these people. And with that comes a lot of resilience, a lot of strength. I, I've found them to be incredibly inspiring. Um, but but the danger is is felt for sure. Nate Foy, our Fox News correspondent in northern Israel. Thank you so much for being with us on the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition. Of course. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. And now, stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen ad-free on Fox News Podcasts Plus on Apple Podcasts. And Prime members can listen to the show ad-free on Amazon Music. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com.